0: So far in this perek we have seen, that if somebody buys demai from two different Ameh he cannot separate tithes from one of them on behalf of the other one. The reason being that one can only separate tithes from one thing on behalf of another thing if both things need to be tithed. However, with Ameh we're not sure whether they tithe the produce, so it could be that one Ameh did tithe it and the other one didn't, which means that not both of them need to be tithed, and therefore you cannot tithe one on behalf of the other. On the other hand, we saw in the previous mission that if somebody buys Tevel from two different people, then he can separate tithes from one on behalf of the other. The reason being that over there we're sure that both sets of Tevel require tithes to be taken. This mission is going to take that a step further, and we're going to be discussing both non-Jews and Kusim. Now there's a machlekes as to whether non-Jews can own land in Eretz Israel in terms of the laws of Maestrus. And according to our Mishnah, if a non-Jew owns land in Eretz Israel, he is not considered the owner of the land with regards to Maestris. Which means that if somebody buys produce from a non-Jew in Eretz he needs to separate the tithes himself. Because the non-Jew does not own the land, which means that the land is still obligated in tithes. So if a Jew gets hold of that produce, then he needs to tithe it himself. That is known as that a non-Jew cannot be considered the owner of land in Eretz Yisrael to take away the obligation of tithes. Which means that if somebody buys produce from the non-Jew, then he needs to tithe it. And what that really means is that somebody who buys produce from a non-Jew, that produce is considered Tevel. That's point number one. Point number two is with regards to Kusim, who as we have seen before were a nation who converted en masse to become Jews, and whether their conversion was genuine or not, was subject to a large debate throughout the period of the Mishnah, and when it came to Miserus, the kusim in general, at least the way we're going to understand our Mishnah, they did separate Miserus, but only from the food which they would eat for themselves. But the food which they would end up selling to other people, they did not tithe that food. They weren't concerned about making other people sin, and therefore once again, if somebody buys produce from a Kusi, then he should be able to assume that that produce is Tevel, not Dumai, because the kusim never, or at least very rarely, tithe that which they sold. So the Mishnah tells us, just like you're allowed to separate tithes from one set of Tevel on behalf of another set of Tevel, one can separate Mishra's from the Tevel of a Jew on behalf of Tevel which was just bought from a non-Jew. Or Nochri Yisrael. From produce just bought from a non-Jew on behalf of Tevil of a Jew. Because really they are both considered Tevil. As well as that, Michal Yisrael Al-Shal Kusim, you can separate the Maestras from the Tevil of a Yisrael of a Jew on behalf of that which you buy from Kusim. Because again the Kusim would not tithe what they sold, and therefore that was also considered Tevil. And Michal Kusim al kusim, If you buy from two different Kusim produce, they're both considered Tevil, and therefore you can tithe from one on behalf of the other. However, Abeliezer isim shal kusim, al shal forbids you to tithe that which you buy from one kusim on behalf of that which you buy from another kusim, because according to Abeliezer, we need to be concerned that perhaps one of the kusim originally intended to keep it for himself and eat it himself, and therefore he did tithe it. And then he decided, no, I'm actually going to sell it. But that means that this produce is not obligated in tithes anymore. So according to Abeliezer, we have to be concerned for that, and therefore you cannot view all that you buy from a kusim as definite Tevel. Mishnah Yud, the halacha is that if something is planted in a plant pot which has a hole in the bottom of it, if that hole is large enough for a very small root to come through the hole, even if the root doesn't actually come through the hole, we view whatever is planted in the plant pot as if it is planted in the ground below the plant pot. And therefore, it's as if it goes from the ground, so it's obligated in the tithes mid On the other hand, if something is planted in a plant pot which does not have a hole in the bottom of it, then it is still obligated in tithes, but only mid so, thirdly, the mission tells us otzitz of, a plant pot which has a hole in it, at the bottom, haizek ha'oretz, it's considered like the ground, and whatever is planted in the plant pot is obligated me to arise in the tithes. And therefore, trame ha'oretz al otzitz someone separated Truma, or any of the other tithes, from something which grew in the ground on behalf of something which grew in a plant pot which had a hole in it. All the other way around, from something which grew in the plant pot which had a hole in it, on behalf of that which grew in the ground, then Truma the truma is indeed valid truma, and this is even an ideal thing to do, because that which grows in the plant pot has exactly the same status as something which grows in the ground itself. Now what happens if If somebody separates truma or any of the other tithes from a plant pot which does not have a hole in it, which means it's only obligated in the tithes on behalf of that which grew in the plant pot with a hole in it. So on a Midoraisa level, what he is doing here is he's separating Truma from something which is exempt on behalf of something which is obligated. So certainly Midoraisa, that will not work. And he will have to separate Truma once again from that which is obligated Midoraisa, namely the plant pot with a hole in it. However, interestingly the Mishnah says Truma. That which you did separate is still valid Truma. And the reason for this is so that people don't come to treat Truma lightly. If they see that someone could declare something truma and it won't actually be truma, then they might come to treat truma less seriously, perhaps even allow it to become Tome, and therefore to avoid that happening. We say that once someone has declared something to be truma, it is a valid declaration, and that thing is truma. But of course, for Yassav Yisro, he has to make the, he has to separate truma once again from that which is chayv midoraisa, because that is still tevel on the midoraisa level. Now, what if he does the other round? When Hanokov al a nokov if he separates truma from the plant pot which does have a hole in it, on behalf of that which doesn't have a hole in it. So in this case, on a mid level, he's separating tithes from something which is obligated on behalf of something which is exempt. So again, truma, it is definitely going to be truma because he declared it to be truma. However, if you think about it, that piece which he separated to be truma, that came from that which is obligated mid Which means that before he did anything, that was tevel. Now he separated it, not on behalf of the plant pot which it came from, but on behalf of another plant pot, which was midorisa exempt. Which means that since midorisa, that didn't really work, so this piece of truma is actually still Tevel Midaraisa. Which means that if you give it to the Kohen, he still can't eat it because it's Tevel. So before giving it to the Kohen, it cannot be eaten by the Kohen until he removes and separates the various trumas and which generally need to be taken from Tevel, because as we explained, that part of the produce is still Tevel, at least mid Mishnah Yudaluf, this Mishnah follows on very well from the previous Mishnah, and it tells us that Torimen had if somebody did, did separate truma from demay produce which he bought from one Amharat, on behalf of demay produce which he bought from another Amharat, or mid if you separated trim around the same would apply to the other tithes from the produce on behalf of other produce, which is certainly tevel. So, firstly, trimmer. It is valid trimmer because it could be that the demai which he bought had not been tithed by the am haaretz, which means that it was obligated in tithes, which means he can use it to tithe on behalf of something else. So, it is considered trimmer, which goes to the kohen, because there's a possibility that both piles of produce needed to be tithed. But for yachzav Yisraim, he does have to go back and tithe the produce again, because it could be that the demai or one of the demais had been tithed, which means they did not need to be tithed, and they were exempt, which means that you couldn't tithe one on behalf of the other, because you can only do that if both need to be tithed. Now, what happens if If he separates Truma from Definite Tevel on behalf of Demai? So here there are two options. Either, even the demai hadn't been tithed, which means that it did work, so trimmer, it is trimmer because of that possibility. However, the other possibility is that the demai had been tithed, which means that it didn't, this didn't work. And it's like the previous Mishnah, the case where he tithed from something which is obligated on behalf of something which is exempt, and therefore the same halacha applies that, that the Kohen cannot eat this trimmer yet until the trimmers and maesters have been taken from that part, because since it's possible that this whole separation was invalid, and that would be the case if the demai was already tithed, so that means that the trimmer that you're giving to the Kohen is still Tevel, at least on the Midaraisa level, and therefore that needs to be tithed before the Kohen can eat it. Perk Vov, the focus of the sixth Perk of Masakh's demai is when two people owned demai produce at different times, and who is obligated to separate the tithes? And the truth is, this is not just applied to demai, but much of the Perk will apply to Tevel as well. And at least for the first half of the Perak, we're going to discuss somebody who rents a field, and he basically works the field, does all the work for the field, and at the end of the harvest, he needs to give a certain amount to the owner of the land. Now there are two types of renters of a field. The first one is called an Oris, and he gives a percentage of that year's crop to the owner of that field. Now the second type is called a Choycher, and a Choycher, instead of giving a percentage of the crop, he gives a fixed amount every year. So it doesn't matter whether it, there's a lot of crop that year, or only a little bit of crop that year, a choycher always gives a fixed amount to the owner of the field. So the Mishnah begins, from One who accepts a field from a Jew, and generally the word mechabal to accept, that refers to an oris, which once again is somebody who gives a percentage of the field to the owner. So an oris who rents a field from a Jew or mina kusi, or if he accepts it from a non Jew or a Kusi, and we're going to understand that our Mishnah follows the opinion that a non Jew's field is exempt from the tithes. Now the question arises as to who needs to tithe the amount which is given back to the owner. Certainly that which the renter keeps, he obviously needs to tithe. But that which he has originally and then has to give over to the owner of the field, who needs to tithe that? So the mission tells us, he can divide it in front of them, meaning that the renter of the field, this oris, can just give it to the owner without tithing it. And the reason for this is because the Chachon were concerned that if we obligate the oris to tithe even that which he gives to the owner of the field, then he'll be less willing and less likely to accept the job of working the field. And that could lead to much of the land of Eretz Israel not being worked, not having workers who take care of the land, and the land of Eretz Israel will remain unplanted and desolate, and to prevent that occurring, the Chachom will lenient on this Oris and say that he does not need to tithe the produce which he gives over to the owner. Now the same applies to a choycher, who is somebody who gives a fixed amount to the owner, with one exception, and that is, ha choycher sodomy one who is a choycher, he rents the field for a fixed amount from a Jew, so toyrein re'im le'i. He has to separate truma, and only then give the fixed amount to the owner. And the reason for this is because the halacha is that as soon as the harvesting process has been completed, once it's been threshed in the threshing floor, as soon as that, uh, that has occurred, one is supposed to separate truma as soon as possible. Trimmer is very serious, more serious than the other tithes, and therefore one is supposed to separate it as soon as possible after the harvest as he can. And therefore instead of waiting until they split up the produce, the renter is supposed to separate Trimmer earlier, and then give it to the owner. Now it's very important to note that even in this case where the chrycher needs to separate Trimmer, it's not coming at his own expense. From the part which would have gone to the owner, and then the owner separates the trumas and Meiseras, it's from that part that the chrycher is separating the Trimmer. So it comes out at the end of the day, that a chryche is the same as an oris here. The question is just who needs to separate the trimmer. But the trimmer still comes from the owner's portion, rather than the renter's portion. Now when it comes to an oris who gives a percentage to the owner, he does not even need to separate trimmer earlier on. And the reason for this, is because the custom was that when it came to an oris, he would usually leave whatever is going to go to the owner, he would leave that in in the threshing floor. He wouldn't clear the threshing floor and then give it to the owner, rather he would leave it in the threshing floor for the owner to take, which means that he never really completed the whole process, and therefore was not obligated to separate truma from the owner's produce. On the other hand, the custom was that a khaykhair would clear the entire threshing floor and then give the fixed amount to the owner, and therefore he did have to separate truma as soon as the threshing floor was cleared. Now the mission just clarifies Omar um, Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, mosai. When is this the case that a khaykhair only needs to separate truma and he can separate it from the owner's portion, but he doesn't actually have to lose out anything himself, that's only if he gives the owner the amount for the rent from that field which he worked, and from that species which he worked on. But if he gave him the rent from produce of another field, or from another species which he did not work on, so this is extremely similar to paying a debt with Tevel produce, which is forbidden. Here, he needs to pay rent to the owner, and even if the owner agrees that he's happy to take it from another field, it still very much looks like the renter owes him money, and he's paying the debt with terrible produce, and that is forbidden. Because one cannot really gain from untithed produce, or from the tithes themselves. So because it seems like he's paying off a debt with tevel produce, ma'aser in that situation he would actually, he would actually have to separate all the tithes. Ma'aser here is not just referring to maisa, it's referring to all of the tithes. We would have to separate all of the tithes and only then give it to the owner, because otherwise he is paying off a debt with tevel produce.